This right. is an eight iron, and it's a dead shank. Wow. Way right. Oh, Takes a, a hop off the path. You gotta be kidding me. Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill. One hop up and bite, and it's in. Kind of like that. Well, I would like to welcome uh, 2020 LPGA Tour player and Symmetra Tour winner Maya Schechter to the Sub 70 podcast. Maya, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm glad to be here. Well, you've done it. You are, have graduated to the LPGA Tour. You are there. Um, overall feeling like the the journey, the grind, like what I mean, it's a great moment that you're going to be playing against the best in the world. I'm sure that's what, you know, why you put this effort and time in, but like, like, how does it feel to, to accomplish this next step? Yeah, I think it's, uh, obviously it's what I've been working towards for the last couple of years. And, um, that's the goal is to get onto the LPGA. And I think it's, it feels, I mean, amazing to, to finally make it to that next step and to be able to compete against the best in the world, like you said, and, and uh yeah so I'm, i think a lot of emotions in that i mean just super excited to have achieved this kind of milestone in my career and then obviously some nerves and it's a whole new schedule and whole new you know travel arrangements and trying to find a caddy so there's just a lot of new things that i'm i'm learning and um yeah so figuring all that out definitely will will be a challenge and then also trying to play good golf so i think it's yeah, I think a lot, a lot of emotions, but also, you know, now that you, you get to the next level, like there's no, don't want to be complacent and be like, oh, I made it to the LPGA. Like, you know, you want to stay there and, um, yes, there's kind of setting new goals and trying to be 2020 rookie of the year is kind of the game plan. So working towards that. When's your first event, and then realistically, do you have an idea of how many starts as a rookie you'll probably get on the LPGA Tour in 2020? Um, yeah, so that's what I'm trying to figure out now is, um, especially going, uh, getting uh, status through Q Series, you're kind of still far down the list, especially um, the first couple of events are, are kind of limited field. So the Tour starts, um, actually there's an event down in Florida, uh, kind of mid-January, so I'll probably won't get in, but I'll, it's actually uh, right after rookie orientation down in Florida, so I'll, I'll try and Monday qualify for that one, um, and then it, they go out to Australia, so it's kind of a just wait and see if I get into those or not, um, but then it once the tour comes back to the U.S. and it starts up in Phoenix, uh, I'll get those starts, so it's kind of um, it's kind of tough just that whole what I'm going to get into, especially limited field events. And so, you know, trying to not put that pressure on myself to like play well when I do get a start um, and just go play golf and stay patient. And um, yeah, so I think that's kind of one of the tough parts is just not really a hundred percent knowing what my schedule is going to be. Um, and especially the first couple of events. So, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Not sure. Is there is there a reshuffle on the LPGA Tour, kind of like on Corn Ferry, where based upon where you're kind of finishing at a certain point, you're reshuffled up in that kind of rookie class to get more starts? Or do you know if there's anything sort of like that where essentially really good play will allow you in a, in a, in a few more events than other rookies may have? 
Yeah, no, exactly. I think it's after uh, the Kings Mill, uh, Virginia event, which is maybe like seven or eight starts in, six or eight starts in. Um, uh, yeah, so there's a reshuffle after that. So, um, yeah, which can, you know, work in your favor or not. So you, if you uh, play well the first couple events and oftentimes if you uh, play pretty well in the in the first couple, you'll get into the A&A inspiration which is our first major of the year out in california so if you get into that and then make that cut then i mean you're you're looking pretty good for that reshuffle so it's um yeah so that reshuffle can definitely work either way which i think is is kind of daunting because you know you first couple events is i'm still i could see myself still getting kind of into the swing of things and just getting adjusted but still like you feel like you have to play good golf and and perform so it's uh yeah there's that added pressure of of playing well before the reshuffle so you don't get shuffled down but then if you do play well then you get shuffled up so yeah, yeah. so good play good play is rewarded right i mean if you're if you're mm-hmm. if you're doing what you're capable of doing then these things sort of can take care of themselves at the same thing where it's uh like you said i love it that the fact that good play uh, is rewarded with more starts and more opportunities. So, I mean, it's a, I think it's a cool way of doing it to give those players that opportunity who essentially have earned it earlier in the year. So it'd be fun to watch. Yeah, no, exactly. Yep. You brought it up with a caddy. So I know when we talked before, when you were on the podcast and then spending some time with you guys out in the Symmetra tour, you know, a lot of the time there's not a full-time caddy out there. So LPGA tour, I'm assuming full-time caddy and, and, how does that process go of trying to select somebody that, you know, you're going to be comfortable with and working all season? Do you go with a veteran? Is it somebody you played a bunch of golf with? How are you sort of approaching that, you know, part of your team, which is going to be a, you know, I'm assuming a huge part of yeah. uh, working together and, and, and trying to, to, you know, play at the highest level against the best in the world. It's got to be somebody that you have full confidence in, I would have to imagine. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, great question. <laughs> Still trying to figure that out um it's uh definitely a lot of like hearsay and kind of you just have to talk to different people and ask around and see who's looking for a bag and ask around and kind of get references and ask other players if they've liked working with certain people because there's definitely different styles and I think that's one thing playing on Symmetra I didn't really use a caddy a whole lot and when I did it was often just a volunteer caddy so they didn't do anything golf wise. So, um, and I played well with that. So I I think it's um, trying to find somebody that's kind of hands off and, and is uh, just supportive and staying in the process, but um, you know, isn't uh, too attached, I think to the outcomes. So it's, it's kind of a a tough, tough balance. And I, uh, it could take a few tries to find the right, the right person for the job. So, um, but I do think I'm trying to find uh, hopefully a veteran because I think as a rookie, uh, having somebody that knows the courses could be really nice so that I don't feel like every week I have to, um, you know, figure out a golf course and having somebody that already knows the courses and knows knows the lines and the misses and kind of knows the green complexes, I think would be really helpful in just um, kind of saving energy so I could play maybe a little bit fewer practice rounds and not um and get to practice a little bit more so it's uh, I think that's one of the things that I'm I'm looking for um so 
as much as I have a few friends that have said that they would love to caddy and, and come out, I think that that would be tough just to have somebody that's also learning the golf course along with me. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're figuring that part out. <laughs> I'm not sure what to, how to do it yet. So I'm sure it'll be a learning process. Yeah, to be determined. It makes sense of what you're saying, right? Because I've talked to a bunch of tour players, and they say that first year out on any of the major tours, at some level you're behind the eight ball a little bit, probably even like when you get on Cementor Tour, that other players have played the golf courses. So inevitably they have that advantage a little bit, right? So having a, a veteran caddy to me would make a lot of sense, right, in the sense of uh, green reading, the, the tendency is this on this golf course. I could see where that uh, – experience on a professional bag would be invaluable to a rookie. So makes complete sense yeah. to me of sort of direction you're going. Um, yeah. Other players that, you know, you know, you're friends with some of the, the other women that are on the LPGA tour. Have you relied a lot on them to get uh, feedback, to advice, anything like that as you're kind of going to this next level of what to expect? And was there a couple two or three things, if you are, you know, talking to some of the women who are already playing on tour that, that were kind of, uh, oh, I didn't think about that or had some interesting advice or any stories from, from talking to the players that are currently out there? Um, Yeah, definitely a lot of questions. Um, and I actually, I live with another player, Catherine Perry, and her husband who caddies for her. So I've just been bombarding them with, with questions. So I think, um, I mean, a lot of it is kind of like, especially in the beginning, what events uh, they think I'll get into um, with my status. Um, so that's kind of a big part of it, just planning, especially in the beginning parts of the season. Um, and then using them for caddy references and trying to, you know, ask around about different people. Um, I mean, been asking around a lot about, you know, contacts for reps and, um, recently talked to a player who set up uh, her LLC and kind of sold shares in her LLC as a way to kind of finance her golf. Cause I know um, that's one of the big things, big kind of transitions from Symmetra tour to LPGA is you, you can make a lot more money on the LPGA, but you can, you also, I mean, it also costs a lot more cause you do have that caddy every week and you have to fly in most places and rent a car. So unlike Symmetra where I, did a lot of volunteer caddies and a lot of, I think I'll continue to do host housing. Um, but, and then I drove from event to event. So I had my own car and didn't have to fly. So um, just with that cost, trying to find a way to, to make that all work um, is definitely something I'm asking a lot of people about. Um, but for the most part, yeah. I mean, like you said, I have a lot of friends that are already out on the LPGA. So they're, you know, they're psyched and willing to answer any of my questions. So people are, people have been really nice about that, which has been, which has been great. So your 2019 season on a Symmetra tour, 44th on the money list. How would you assess that, uh, the, the final season that you had on the Symmetra tour before kind of graduating, you know, to the LPGA tour, like overall kind of looking back at it now, um, views of, of, of the 2019 season sort of as a recap. Um, well, it had a lot of ups and downs. <laughs> um, it was an interesting season. I think I learned a lot this past season um, and just kind of felt like 
my game got a lot steadier this season. Um, and I finished 44th on the money list, but missed several cuts by just one shot. So I felt like, you know, as much as that hurt in the moment to miss a, miss a cut by one shot, but it's also like, okay, you know, you're not missing cuts by five shots. Like you're always, always there, like always, you know, playing pretty consistent golf. So that was, that was nice. And then kind of towards the end of the season, like the last four to six weeks, just kind of cut down a few of the mistakes and, and started posting some really good rounds, which obviously then helped me get my card. So I think it was a more consistent year, even though I did finish 44th on the money list, as opposed to 2018 where I finished 26th. So it was, um, just a few missed cuts by one shot, but I mean, it was also, yeah, there was middle of the season, like just did not want to play golf anymore. So I feel like part of it was just, I like refound my passion and like my enjoyment for the game. So I think that really helped um, towards the end of the season, especially where I, I was just, really enjoying the process and really enjoying golf again. And um, so going into second stage and going into Q series, I was kind of like, I mean, my motto was no expectations and, you know, as much as everybody wants to make it to the LPGA, like that's the goal, but wanting it doesn't mean you're going to get it. So I, I feel like I went into it just fully accepting whatever happens. You know, if I, got my LPJ tour card, then obviously that's amazing. And if I didn't, then I get another year on Symmetra to develop as a player and um, play golf courses that I know and stay with amazing host families. So I feel like that was something that I learned in 2019 was just that you just have to really accept whatever happens, like commit to doing your best and commit to your process. And then whatever happens, happens. So... Hey everyone, it's Jason from the Sub70 Podcast. Uh, some exciting things happening at Sub70 over the next couple of months. The 699 Pro Iron should be coming in. All of that technology that uh, people have really seemed to like in our current 699, but we're doing it in a pro version. A little less offset, a little thinner top line, more workability, but the distance is still there with the same face technology that we're using in the current 699. Also, it's going to have a black PVD finish. It looks great. We're super excited about that. And then also the uh, AL6003 full mallet putter, but it's going to be designed for an arm lock. So it has six degrees of loft, a little bit more weight, be able to lock it into that left arm, uh, completely milled from a full CNC uh, billet of steel. So the quality is is superb. Alignment aids, everything you would want, high MOI. So that should be in as well in the next couple of uh, two or three weeks, hopefully. And uh, if any of you guys have suggestions or things we can keep working on, we love having the interaction with uh, each and every customer. So we're really excited about 2020. Thanks for all the support. And any questions, let us know. Thanks again. Hope you're enjoying the podcast with Maya. So, yeah, so you get in, you know, your 44th on money list, so you get into the second stage. And, you know, I was watching the, the scores you did, and it was tight and you were that last day you had to have it you had to have a great round what was that pressure like and then 
what is it like to come out on the other end when you need a great round and you perform under that pressure and you do it? it the confidence I'd have to imagine uh, out of it at the at the back end of it has to be amazing that you know when you needed it, you needed it. But what's that process like to go through when it's, <laughs> it's like this is it? It's it's I got to get past this hurdle. I have to do it today because my goal is to get to the LPGA Tour. What is that? You know, cause, you know we play competitive golf as an as an amateur, right? But you know, it's not our living. You're playing <laughs> for your career. What's and I think that's what listeners find fascinating that you know when the pressure is on, when when you really need it, all that experience in playing professionally for those four years, I'm assuming kind of culminated in that moment where. You knew you're good enough. You're going through the process, and you get there. But what's that journey kind of like in second stage, especially when you're, you know, in that border of in out in out for that many days, and yet you come through the other side? Yeah, I think the final round in second stage definitely was a huge uh, confidence boost going into Q series, just knowing that, you know, I, I did, I did post the round that I needed to post that final day. Um, and I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of one of those things where you like, you put in the work and you like, you do what you need to do every day. And then when you, when the moment comes and you need that round, like there's either it, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things, like, I want to say, like, you know, you just make it happen, but it's all, you know you either make it happen or you don't and either way like it's part of it's a little bit of luck like that one shot that you push a little bit but you aimed it in the right spot and you hit it to a foot like it's just kind of one of those things where you if you know that you've done the work then like you can go out and just trust yourself and just know that you've done everything that you can and whether you post the round or don't, like you, that's out of your control. So you you just kind of go out and play and see what happens. So I feel like that's kind of the mindset that I had for for qualifying was that I'd been working hard and felt like I had the game. And you know, if it if I played well, then that was great. But I, it was really just not, especially that final round of, of second stage, like didn't really have a number in mind and you know made the turn and was like I don't know, maybe one under or something so it and had to play pretty well on the back nine but I had no idea so it was, it was kind of just like hit the fairway hit the green and have a putt at it was kind of my my game plan I don't know it's when you when you put that pressure on yourself and that expectation to like okay you have to pull this off then you with that expectation comes the fear of not pulling it off. So I think that was kind of my, my, my mantra was just this fearless, like no expectation, just do everything you can. And then whatever the outcome is, that's the outcome. Like you've, like you're so at peace with it because you feel like you've done everything you could. And if it's not good enough, then you know that you just have work to do, you know? So yeah. I, I'm, I'm imagining this, but I imagine that's a great spot to be mentally because you're okay with the outcome one way or the other. And you've trusted yourself that you've put the work in and you've been a professional long enough that the moment's not too big, but it's also not uh, 
to the point where it's, it's the end of the world one way or the other. You're going to go in there and you're going to play your best, and the outcome is what the outcome is. And it sounds like that would be a really, from a mental standpoint, be a great way to go through something of that importance where you can kind of let the outcome go, where you're not on yeah. every shot and you're trusting that you're playing. I mean, you obviously you played pretty well at the end of the year, so you're playing good golf going into it. Um, I think it's something us amateurs can learn is sometimes just letting the outcome of it go and, and, and play in your game and not get over, you know, overwhelmed over maybe one, like you said, missed shot. You probably had the attitude of, I'll get it up and down. I'm playing well. I think it's, yeah. a, it's a great way to approach it. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's, yeah, I think it's just when you attach yourself to the outcome, like that is just so hard to, I mean, that's just so hard to control because there's so many factors that go into that. But like, I know, especially so over putting, you know, you have like that five footer for par and you're like, okay, I want to make this, but it's, you know, that everybody wants to make it. Everybody wants to make every putt that you ever stand over. So that's like pointless to think about. So you, you, if you take away the expectation of making the putt and the fear that comes with that of missing the putt, and then you just go back to like, okay, what what do I need to do to hit a good putt? And that for me is starting it online and then having proper pace. I mean, proper pace was kind of my game plan, like all through qualifying, especially Q series, every putt that was just like, you know, I mean, you obviously want to make the putt, but how am I going to do that? I'm going to pick my line, start it online and with good pace. And if it goes in, like, great, you read the putt properly. And if it doesn't, I did everything I could, and I read the putt to the best of my abilities, but it didn't go in, you know? Like, you can't can't get mad at a bad shot if you did everything you could to hit a good right. shot. So, it's a great um, way to play yeah. golf. It really yeah, is. It, it's, uh, it's less, uh, you know, up and down of emotions because you feel like you're always – you know, grading yourself on things that you can actually control. And like, I mean, you'll see me get pissed on the golf course very rarely, but if I do, it's because like, if I miss a putt and I get mad, it's because I stood over it and wasn't committed to the line or, you know, I don't know, was too, too caught up in the outcome. So it's like, if you grade yourself on those things that you can actually control, then you, yeah, you're just a happier golfer and you usually play better too. (laughs) All right, I'm taking that advice next year into 2020. I'm, I'm letting the bad shots go, no expectation, play yep. as good as I can. Let's just see what happens. Let me uh, know how fu- it goes. Yeah, I mean, the game drives me half crazy. It has my whole life. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to try my best, though, to let outcomes you know, let outcomes go and, and not, not worry about it. But uh, with my type A personality, we'll see how long it lasts for. But Could I'm going to put it I'm going to try. I'm really going to try. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let um, me know. <laughs> I will. Uh, finals is crazy. Was it eight rounds for the final yeah. stage? Yeah. Like, Q2 is, yeah. It's, an, it's just a lot of golf. <laughs> so what's that grind like? I mean, it's not, so you're playing well. You play great when you need to. So the mindset's good. But now you've got, you know, the finals. And it's eight rounds. And there's a lot. That's a lot of golf to get through just to maintain consistent good golf for eight rounds over that period of time. So what was that experience like? You got off to a good start and sort of played really well the whole time. I mean, you were sort of inside that bubble. Was it comfortable? Were you comfortable in that situation that, okay, is there pressure? Like, okay, now I, 
I'm in. The only thing I can do is go the other way. So do you play less aggressive? Like, how did your mind and body and all the experience you have sort of handle that once you were sort of in that bubble pretty quickly, you know, at the at the mm-hmm. final? But yet there's that many rounds to go. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's an interesting uh, two weeks because you, you have four rounds on one golf course and then you uh, you have to go play another golf course. So you, it's uh, I treated it that way kind of two separate weeks and two separate tournaments was kind of my my mindset so between the two events I took a day off and just kind of chilled so it was I think that was helpful um for me just to kind of have a day off to reset um and yeah but I think you know it being eight rounds can be a plus and a minus if you go into it thinking you know you need to hold on for dear life for eight rounds. Like that's going to be very tiring. Or if you go into it thinking you have eight rounds and, you know, if you make a bogey, like you still have so many golf holes. So it's, I felt like that was kind of my mindset going into it was there's just so much golf. Like everybody's going to make bogeys. I mean, everybody's going to make a double at least once in this, you know, you're just like, you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. So it's, so that was kind of freeing to me that you, you didn't really have to like, it's not like some extra tour events where it's three rounds and you kind of have to, it's a bit of a sprint, you know, you have to, you have to post some good rounds. And if you, if you're trying to win, like you, you have to, you have to post those rounds early um, and quickly. So I felt like with the eight rounds, you, you just kind of commit to your game plan and didn't feel like I, had to press or you know you just yeah you just kind of go about your business and see where you ended up at the end of it um I think definitely having the first week and being like tied second I think or something like that after the first yeah after the first week definitely played really good golf I loved that golf course um and had played that golf course last year in two series um, and then the second week was a different golf course that we had not seen yet. So um, it was definitely uh, to my disadvantage that I had not seen the golf course um, ever before. I definitely get more comfortable the more times I play a golf course um, and learned a lot every time I played the course. Um, it was some pins, there were just places you couldn't miss it and um, big ridges and lots of different tiers to the green. So it was a tough track. And, um, yeah, so I mean, I managed to hold on and, and get my card, but that wasn't my mindset when I was playing. It wasn't like a, you know, hold on for dear life kind of thing. I was definitely just going about my business and committing to the shots and, um, felt like me and my caddy did a really good job of just each shot staying in the process and trying to hit the best shots we could hit. Um, so I think, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, the last round I was actually really calm and felt very confident. Um, the, I would say the third to, or the second to last round was tough conditions and I was not hitting the ball well. So I think that was probably the toughest round of the eight. Um, just grinding it out. So. But it was, you know, that was going to happen over eight rounds. You're going to have a round where you just don't hit any greens and you just get up and down, you know. So, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just a lot of golf. <laughs> but it's once a lot you of golf, yeah. 
you know, I looked yeah. at that and I was like, well, it's eight, eight rounds. Holy cow. But I mean, I guess what yeah. they're, I mean, it tests you, right? I mean, if yeah. you can, I mean, it tests you. You can't fake it for one day. That I mean, like you got to play really consistent, solid golf for eight days straight. Yep. Right. You can't exactly. fake your way through it. So I kind of like understand why they do it. It's just, they're putting you to the ultimate test, right? Can you, can you hold up for eight rounds and get through the gauntlet? And then, Hey, if you can, you're ready to play against the world's best. So I can, I, I think it'd be tough on the players, but I understand kind of why they do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just no, to exactly. see what you have. Yep. Cause um, or Q school used to be just four rounds down in Florida. And I mean, I would say, you know, you still had to play well, but it's, yeah, eight rounds. You yeah, you can't just go on a hot streak, really. Right. For eight rounds. <laughs> yeah, especially then with the break, right? Then you're restarting again, right? Which yeah. I can understand why they do it. Like it's almost like two turn. I mean, it sort of mm-hmm. is two tournaments. You got to hold it up for two weeks doing it. So yep. I think it weeds exactly. out the one hot round or two hot rounds out of it. Yeah. You know, exactly. and I think good solid golf kind of got a lot of the players through. So no, it's like your yep. mindset. I don't. know. It makes sense to me of your mindset working for that you know, for both stages and you just sort of stuck with the process and it sounds like you did the same, yeah. the, the moment of the finals weren't any bigger than the second stage. You just sort of played, no. played your game, went through the process, yeah. yep. played golf. Yeah. I think it was helpful well, too for me that, uh, so set, you know, you have a uh, second stage and then you go straight to Q series. So that's three weeks in a row. And then actually before that, uh, the symmetry tour schedule, uh, butts up directly, to Q to qualifying. So we had uh, three events on Symmetra and then qualifying. So it was like six weeks in a row. But I think that kind of played to my advantage because after a certain point, you just kind of, the, you know, you come become somewhat numb to it all. Like you're just like, okay, here's another golf shot. Like I've hit hundreds of these in the past couple of weeks. So you, it kind of, in an odd way, kind of loses its glamour because you're, you know, you show up to the first tee and you've hit so many first tee shots in the last couple of weeks that so you'd, yeah. it's just like another shot. So I think, you know, you, there's kind of two sides to it where some players get really tired after playing week after week. And then some players get sort of into a routine and into a groove and it just becomes, you know, here's another shot, here's another shot. And you just do your process and get really ingrained into your process. So think that played to my advantage a little bit as well well don't you also think too because you were playing well yeah for sure right yeah, like you I had a good well, solid yeah. streak right right like you were playing yeah. really well i mean you know, we were watching the scores and like you're playing good so then confidence builds confidence right the right t-shirt, you know right yeah i mean like you caught it at the right moment and kept it going so i'm I guessing that but i imagine at some point it probably felt somewhat easy yeah yeah it's some yeah, a little easy, a little automatic kind of yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, bad way so to that, play. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got a few uh, quick hitters here, and and, and then uh, we'll get you out of here. But uh, looking back at the Symmetra Tour, so you you were out there for four seasons. Uh, there's some interesting mm-hmm. towns that that tour stops in. So looking mm-hmm. back now, since now you're on the LPGA Tour, what was the best town that you enjoyed going to the most that you know might not been on the radar but once you went there a few years you loved it and then on the flip side what's sort of the craziest spot you ever played a Symmetra tour event looking back it's like how in the world did we wind up here huh um wow well 
spot that I didn't know existed that I love is well Battle Creek, Michigan, which I had never heard of, but is the town where like Kellogg's is, is I have like a great host family and I love that golf course. So that's probably one where I just love going back there and have good memories there. Um, and just never, never knew about that place. <laughs> um, some weird spots. I mean, we got a, uh, Garden City, Kansas, which I didn't know that place it. existed. Yeah, that no. that's a that's a small one. <laughs> um, great Thai food though, and yeah, what I mean, it's really, I would say the way that I grade tour stop is you know how's the host family and how's the golf course are kind of my two like I have some some tournaments that have I have incredible host families and then not a great golf course you know so it's right yeah so that's kind of I really host families make or break because if you have a great host family then you're having fun that week and you know you kind of if you play well then it's awesome and if you don't like you're still having fun and you feel like you're still in a home for that week, which I think is huge playing on tour. You, you're traveling all the time and, um, yeah, you're away from home. So if, if you can get that home away from home kind of feeling, I think that's huge on tour. So, um, yeah, so that's, there's just been a lot of great host families. That's kind of one of the sad parts about moving up the, up the food chain is now I, I don't get to see my host families. So right, I'll get right. to meet new people, which is exciting. Well, and they probably stay in touch with you like, like Jay and I have from meeting you at that tour event up and and that was at a casino. I mean, that's a fun tour event. I mean, yeah, that one Harris Michigan. At the UP. That one didn't know that place existed either. That one's awesome. Yeah. But if if you can't have fun hanging out there for a couple of days, I mean that's no. a good time. The casino's True. good, the golf course was good. Like that's a yeah. that was we had a blast going up there and, and visiting yeah. with you guys and, and hanging out. Like that's a fun event, so yeah, maybe if there's a casino involved in a in a golf tournament that could be on the upper echelon as well of yeah. you know, at least making the week fun. Yeah, um, yeah, no, for sure, that's true. Last uh, last one I got. So next year, is there any trips or courses or areas of the world you're going to? Like you mentioned Australia, but is there anywhere that you're like just super excited to go and visit and mm-hmm. see that country or as part of the United States you haven't been to yet and and you know, obviously the golf's important, but also to enjoy the travel and what you're doing with it as well. So is there any two or three spots yeah. maybe potentially that you're looking at? Like, I can't wait to get out there. Yeah. Uh, there's a few, I think. Um, well, we play out in Hawaii, which I've never been to Hawaii. So I'm very excited for that one. Um, that'll be, yeah, I'll probably book a few extra days on the, on the end of that one to get to explore and hang out. Um, I know, uh, we go to Vancouver, which I have always wanted to go to Vancouver. So that's, I'm kind of excited for that one. Um, hope to do some exploring there. Um, and then we go the Scottish open. I've never been to Scotland. So those are kind of, I would say the three that, that I'm pretty excited for, but I think that's, I mean, that's a good point too, is that on Symmetra tour, one of the reasons I love being on tour is that you do get to travel and see new places. And I did a great job of, seeing the sites and kind of doing stuff outside of golf. So I want to make sure that I continue to do that even on the LPGA. So, um, yeah, make it fun and make it enjoyable. It is an incredible opportunity. So take advantage and, and see the world. So 
Well, yeah. Vancouver is one of my favorite cities. I'm sure you're going to have uh, – it's it's like one of the coolest cities ever where you see mountains on one side and the ocean and it's just got a cool vibe for di- – like the whole place is awesome. So yeah. I m- imagine you're going to like that one. Like who doesn't want to be stuck in Hawaii for a few extra days, right? Yeah. So. Exactly. You get to do the home of golf. So, yeah, Scotland, it's, you know, it'll be an interesting first year. We'll have to sort of uh, recap of all the places you visited and everything that you did. But, you know, congratulations. Like, it's been so fun to watch you go through the, the you know, rise up, per se, and, and get to that next level. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do. And, and Elizabeth Zokel's out there, who we got to know yeah. as well out there with you. So, like, for for us over at Sub Seventy, it's just been so fun to kind of watch your guys' journey, and we couldn't be more proud of you guys. And like, go out there and kick the hell out of it. Like, play great golf, enjoy it. It's going to be so much fun to watch. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate that. We're yeah, definitely excited to be out there. And yeah, with Elizabeth Sokol, you know, sure I'll be seeing her around, pushing practice rounds together. So yeah, it'll be a good time. I'm excited. We'll enjoy it. Enjoy it. You've earned it. You've definitely earned it. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.